0: Cynthia Sue Larson is back by popular demand as her book grabs the reader and literally won't let them go. She's captivates audiences with many bestsellers that she's written. This time I've chosen her book Aura Advantage, How the Colors in Your Aura Can Help You Attain Your Desires and Attract Success. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz, and Paula is having a great rendezvous with her husband and we will return next week. Cynthia Sue Larson is a best-selling author and intuitive life coach who assists individuals to transform from accidental manifestors into conscious reality shifters. Cynthia's favorite question in every situation is, How good can it get? Cynthia has been featured in numerous TV and radio shows, including the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, and BBC. She has a degree in physics from UC Berkeley, an MBA degree, and a doctor of divinity. Cynthia has helped thousands of people discover and develop their visions and goals in optimal alignment with their core strengths and the needs of those they serve. Cynthia works with a diverse range of clients from Fortune 500 companies companies to small startup businesses and nonprofit organizations. Cynthia practices and teaches meditation and martial arts, writes books and articles on topics of conscious living, and is a sought-after public speaker. Her popular e-zine, Reality Shifters News, is eagerly awaited each month by thousands of people worldwide. Applauded for her expertise, comes from great authors like Fred Allen Wolf, Stanley Krippner, Larry Dossie, Edgar Mitchell, and Lynn Robinson who are unanimous in their high praise for her works. Well, Cynthia Sue Larson, thank you. I I just love it. It's so great to have a spot of time with you live on air to connect and I I welcome you. I'm I just I'm in awe in your work. It definitely just triggers all kinds of information coming out, and I'm going to say welcome. So happy you're Thank with you us. <laughs>
1: it's a pleasure to be on the show. Well,
0: it just tickles my heart every time we get to have you because it brings out so many wonderful things that people have never thought about, and um, so. How did all of this begin for you regarding auras and, and this kind of manifestation?
1: Well, I've been seeing energy fields since I was a young child, and I actually think most people do. It's one of those things that when little children, if you ask them to draw what they see, and I mean before we inculcate them with what we expect them to Pinty,
0: see. Cynthia, excuse me, can you speak up louder?
1: Yes. Is that better?
0: Yes, you need to speak up.
1: Okay. So I've been interested in energy fields since I was a young girl and could see energy in the form of colors around people, and even I'd see scuttly dark things in the house, which are not good. So it's and uh, these are not rodents or anything or mice. It's um, it was just seeing actually little energy forms that show up when you have dirty energy in the household. So I, I was seeing these things from a very young age, and when I would talk to people about it, often I found that adults didn't know what I was talking about, but I believe most children definitely are able to to uh, feel and certainly sense these energy fields, and I think all of us have that ability. So that's, that's why I wrote the book Aura Advantage, to help people understand that your energy field is a lot more than just pretty colors, so even if you do see the colors, there's so much meaning to it and so much that the energy field can do for you. Hmm. That's the real idea.
0: Well, the energy field that we have around each one of us, okay, they're around animals, they're around us, they're around plants. From me looking at your book and I'm going, yeah, oh, kind of forget about. (laughs) They could be around all these things, right? Yeah. So, now, my question, can, can we consciously change this auric field? Uh, if so, um, how can that be done?
1: Yes. Well, there are lots of things you can do if you're noticing that you're getting tired, for example. A lot of people think that when you get exhausted or just, you know, so many people feel like they can't, there aren't enough hours in the day and they just get completely wiped out. But sometimes that kind of fatigue that happens you can do things just through working with your energy field, and that would be you know things you can do to meditate and clear your mind, and and get enough sleep, eat a balanced diet, get some exercise, all the things that you expect would that make you feel better overall, enhance your energy field also. And this is a part of you that has that amazing energy. If you look at some people and, it, and you wonder how come they always have that get up and go. Where does that charisma come from? Why are some people so magnetic? Why is it that pregnant people have that glow about them, you know, those pregnant women? Why do people in love have that energy? We can feel it. We can see it. We know it's there. And this is the energy field. So uh, there are some warning signs if you've got a weakened aura, things to look out for, not just the fatigue, but if you're getting nightmares, if you have a lot of bad luck. Uh, just bizarre accidents, or you know aches and pains, a dramatic loss of self-confidence, or you know changes in your behavior, memory lapses. Those are indic- indicative of having a weakened energy field, and that's when it would really help a lot to develop those good habits. And they need to be habits. It needs to be a daily meditation, um, daily energizing, uh, working to you know, strengthen your energy field.
0: Well, if people aren't going and, and meditating, I mean, what about if they, like, take a walk in the park or, you know, just get away from the, um, the aspects of being in an, in an enclosed area and by yourself and maybe just doing some deep breathing? Will that assist you as well?
1: Absolutely. Well, actually, walking meditation is a form of meditation. So people wonder if if people are listening and they don't know what meditation is and it sounds kind of a little bit intense or like something they it's like too much to handle. Yeah. It's not that bad really. Usually a good meditation simply involves a favorite activity and a focus of your mind. So you're putting all of your thought if you're going for a walk for example, then just really be in that present moment and focus on your breathing breathing nice, full, deep breaths. And as you're walking, just allow yourself to experience that moment of being in the sunshine. Or if it's not so sunny, just noticing what the weather is, being really present right there. That is meditation. That does count. You can meditate doing dishes, for that matter. So it's really a a, a focus, just bringing all of your attention to what you're doing
0: if you don't mind i'd rather not do dishes and meditate <laughs> okay when i've gone to fairs they have um sometimes you know the the big conventions um i see that they have a body with an auric field different colors several layers on the outside of the body now um when you think about maybe consciously thinking, okay, I like this color, a particular color, when you bring it in, like breathing in, I don't know how you're going to get the color in. Is there a way to do it? Or, and does it change all the layers? What happens?
1: Well, when you see those aura photos, you're looking at this technological wonder of uh, recognizing the many different aspects of yourself. Often these layers correspond to energy centers in the body. And so you can think of it as just seeing, um, like your fingerprint has all those little curly cues that go all around. And so it's it's a kind of an image that gives a lot of information. And depending on the technology and the camera being used, like I said, it's often uh, the layers are correlated with the chakras, those energy centers. And so if you've never heard the word chakra before, that's just an energy center in the body, and we have seven major chakras starting with, um, if you go to the top of the head, that's the crown chakra. People are familiar with seeing imagery in, like, religious icons that have the halo effect. Mm -hmm. And when you see that halo, that's really exactly in that location where each and every one of us has a crown chakra with some energy coming out there. And so that might be golden white light if you've been doing lots of meditation, like those ascended masters and... Mother Mary and Jesus, and and even going into Asia, they they've got the same things. You can see um, lots of spiritual and religious icons and art, including you know Buddhas and so forth. And this this is true all around the world. So it's been observed for thousands of years that that crown chakra emits a kind of bright white light for these ascended masters and spiritual leaders. So it's very interesting. So. That's one chakra, another one that's pretty familiar to a lot of people is the so-called third eye, the Anya chakra, and that would be on the forehead and this is one that if you want to see energy fields, you can help enable yourself to more readily see energy by just doing a gentle massage of your forehead because that third eye chakra enables you to see um, the real nature of the universe and including energy fields so I know this is a long-winded answer to your question, what do all those colors in the photograph mean? <laughs> well, there, there's a meaning to every single one of them, and it's, um, it, it, it's like reading a book with lots of chapters. So each chakra has lots of information, and the energy that you're seeing, the, the picture with all those colors, is giving you an overall blueprint to your personality, if you will. And so you're not going to see usually a lot of change in that or a photo, because if you are the kind of person that loves to think logically you're a, you know if you're an engineering type person then that kind of person is going to have you know a very engineering kind of a a photo so they might have a lot of yellow in their energy field at the time that they're getting the picture taken because they're thinking about it and they might have some blues because that's another common color to see with engineers Um, But if you're getting a photo of a young child, you're going to see a lot of the color red because that child is very much in that present moment, very much high energy and active, you know, wanting to get moving all the time. And then if you've got someone who is very different from those two, maybe it's an indigo and it's a 20- or 30-year-old indigo person, um, their colors would be perhaps just in that deep indigo with some violet and they might have other colors as well. You could have a rainbow, actually, of colors.
0: I've actually seen some younger children with a white arc field.
1: Wow. Yeah. And that's, we have so many crystal kids coming in now, so you will be seeing you know, some of these white colors.
0: Yeah, the purity. Some of the
1: pastels, and, yes.
0: Hmm. Um, so, so we have several layers. Does every layer change if one layer changes?
1: Well, there's a relationship, and you know, getting back to the layers and the chakras again, uh, often when you're going through a change in your life, like if you have a kundalini awakening, or it's kind of like a midlife crisis perhaps, but in a really good way usually, where you're suddenly feeling much more spiritual, that totally transforms all of the energy centers. And then change, a change in one, it's like a domino effect. Everything does tend to change. But um, these are just sweeping generalities and, you know, each person is very unique. Every situation is very, um, you know, individual. So, like, it's like it's impossible to say that just because, you know, one chakra is changing or one color is changing that everything else will because that doesn't always happen. But often it does because the chakras are a little bit like connections in a pipeway. It's like plumbing a little bit. So when you're, um, they're set up to run energy through them. They're little spinning wheels of light, and when you feed your energy system by meditating, going on those nature walks, and listening to meditation music, um, all those things that are very restorative to the energy field, you'll tend to get a benefit through all of the energy centers, and it's just a wonderful thing. So it's, it's uh, med- meditation is fabulous because it it enables your entire energy body system to um, kind of get like a deep a deep nutritional treatment so if it was if you're imagining waters running through the system then it's kind of like you're getting a nice deep watering if you were a tree or a plant and then Mm. all your roots and and system just gets oh you just get so strengthened and energized by it you can break free of the fearful patterns that you might have had
0: Sounds like nourishing because water moves and kind of flows into all those areas. It feels, you know, just even thinking about it, it feels kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the now? What's the advantage in knowing about your aura? I mean, how? Um, what are some of the things you can do when you when you know about it?
1: Right. Well, some of the amazing things you can do with it is that you're able to. Make better decisions with it. And the way you can do that is by feeling the energy that, that might be in, implicit in a couple of choices. So often when we're making a choice, well, let's take a simple one first. If you're at the grocery store and you're just trying to choose between a couple of different things at the grocery store, maybe a couple of different juices. and We have all these exotic new juices now, and who knows what's what and which one your body's going to respond better to. But there's a way to feel the energy of things. Everything has an aura. So it's not just people. And you can actually um, choose a path that shines, is the, what I describe in my book, Aura Advantage. So what you can do is you've got two hands, and you can imagine that you've got one choice in your left hand and one choice in your right hand. And this, this 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 exercise works better the more meditation you do because you'll start feeling energy. So for people who've never done this before, let's start just by rubbing your hands together. Just go rub, 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 rub. What's happening is what you're doing is you're stimulating the mini chakras in the palms of your hands. Okay. And it just gets them all kind of feeling energized. <laughs> There's a pleasant little warmth going on there. And then think to yourself about a choice you're making it doesn't matter what it is, but just um, put one option in the left hand and just imagine it's there and put the other option in the right hand and just feel what the difference is. What 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 you might be noticing is warmth or heat or you might even see light. And the first time you want to do this, uh, actually it's just like any kind of dousing you'd want to get used to. What is your yes and what's your no? So for people who, um, if you don't yet have it, Choice in mind. That's perfect. So let's just warm up those chakras again. Rub your hands together again. Just get it nice and hot, kind of like you're making a fire. And then imagine that you're putting, um, you're just imagining a yes in one hand and a no in the other. This is just so you can feel what a yes feels like. That one might, the yes might be lighter, and the no might be dropping down, like your hand is just heavy and it's falling. That's what's happening to me right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My yes hand is very bright. My no hand looks dark. And there's a difference in temperature as well. So I'm getting lots of feedback, and hopefully everyone trying this can see what I mean. So you're getting a sense of this.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling because that a, too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's
1: fun. It's really fun. And so then you can use this. This is just one of many, many things you can do with energy. So choosing, making a choice, making a decision, is something that the energy field... It's really good for. So your ener- your whole energy body knows what's good for you. You can you can take this to the grocery store and choose between all these amazing new blends of um, you know wonder foods and so forth. But you, maybe you don't want to try everything. You just want to pick the one that's good for you or pick a supplement that's good for you. Here's a great way to do it. It's really easy. But you can also use this for much tougher choices, such as if you're choosing between job offers or... Making a choice of where to go on a vacation or which house to buy or which car to buy. All those big choices.
0: Wow, that's you can look awesome. at the energy. <laughs> that's a great gift. Thanks. And you're welcome. Whoa. <laughs> oh, that'll change your day. <laughs> I can just see going to the grocery store rubbing your hands and oh, what are they doing? <laughs> well, in California,
1: you can do these things. <laughs> what I like about living in California.
0: <laughs> Nobody even blinks an eye. <laughs> yeah, right. They're too invested in what's going on. Um, can you find lost items this way? Yes, you can. That's a great question. So uh, this is a
1: very handy skill, because sometimes when you lose something, obviously you'd like to get it back. It's, um, it's not so fun when one of your favorite pieces of jewelry, for example, goes missing. Um, that's happened to me, and I I just, um, it's heartbreaking. So if you want to find something that's been lost, then one of the best things to do is to, um, okay, we didn't talk about this idea yet, so I'm going to cover it really quick first. And it's the idea that there's a connection between you and everything that you love. And what what it's called is an energy cord. And it's very much along the same principle of those chakras so an energy cord is something that connects you to what it is that you love so much. So if you imagine that you can feel this connection to something that you love, um, then it's it's going to help a lot. So it's it's going to be the way of reaching out to something that you might have lost. So we're going to use that right now. That that same concept. So the thing to do is um, whatever it is that you've lost, and it could be a pet or a jewelry might be something like a photograph or a family heirloom or whatever it is. You're going to be enhancing that connection between the two of you, between yourself and the lost item. So to start with, we need to start by grounding. And it's really important when you've lost something, especially because we can get a little bit agitated and anxious. Um, You need to get calm. So grounding is a, a way to just calm yourself down. It starts with really breathing. Nice, deep, slow, steady breaths, all the way down to your belly button. So you can just imagine that you're just breathing out through the mouth, releasing all that anxiety. You need to calm yourself, calm your mind, calm your heart. because We're going to be going back to that state of pure love and connection with what we, what we love so much. It's going to come back to us. And this, this grounding is very much like when you ground an electrical appliance. You don't want it to spark or start fires so we're going to do the same thing for ourselves. Just imagine that there's a long energy cord running down from the base of your spine down below your feet to the center of the earth. And as you breathe out through your mouth, all the worries about missing this lost item, just let go of them. You don't need to hold on to any of that anxiety or worry or doubt or fear. Just let it all go, never to return. And then when you breathe in through your nose, Breathe in pure white, golden white light, pure energy, just to assist you in finding what you need to find. And so what we're going to be doing is using a method of, um, today it will be a guided visualization that we're going to use. So this is a meditation to be accessing everything in the universe, including what's been lost. You're always connected, and we're going to be accessing that connection next. So now just imagine and visualize that you can send out this long energy cord, just like a long arm that's just reaching out to touch that which you've lost, that you love so much. Just gently touch it. Let that touch pierce through the auric shell surrounding it so you can feel like, oh, we're connected again. You can feel that you're holding that beautiful lost object in your hand. And now sense the surroundings uh, feel there might you might be able to get a sense of where this lost item is, and the, this is really interesting, and I need to I'm just going to mention something and we'll come back to it after we finish the meditation but I'm going to tell you something now sometimes even though you've already checked a place, your lost item can still come back to a place you've already checked I'll explain why later so um, it's perfectly fine for it to come back to a place that you've checked many times sometimes lost items like to do that. They like to just come back. And that would be fine. We're welcoming it to come back. It's okay to come back to even a place we've already checked many times. That's okay. Or it might come back to a very strange place that it doesn't belong at all. But that's okay, too. No questions asked. We're just glad to have it back. So what we're doing now is just sensing, can you feel like if you are that lost item, where is this little lost item sitting? Can you get a feeling of its surroundings? Is it in a dark place? Do you see colors or motion around it? Use all your senses. Just feel like you're right there with it. Where would this little lost item like to come back to you? You might get a visual image. Anything at all that you're getting in the form of information is intuitive information, and this will help you find it. So you're getting that vision. You can even ask questions if you like. If you feel like it's in a drawer of a desk, you can say, which drawer It's in the pocket of some clothing. Ask which pocket, which clothing. And now the last thing we're going to do to really lock this in and get the lost item back, we're going to send love along that energy cord. All your feelings of love, just send them, just feel how much you love this lost item, how much it really means to you. Just let yourself feel that. And that energy is just running through that energy cord all the way to the lost object, You're helping to ensure that this lost item is coming back to you. And we're going to close with that feeling of just so much love. Feel the love you feel for one another. Your lost item loves you, too, and wants to come back. And this is just one meditation today. So you might need to do this again, which is just fine. You can do this little meditation every time you think of your lost object Start by clearing the anxiety out, so you don't have any worries or fear. Just feel all that love, send that energy cord of love, reach out to the item, feel where it's coming back to you, and end with just tr- tons and tons of love for that lost item. Okay, if you had your eyes closed and you're listening, you can open your eyes now. And if people want to go and check and see, is it back? You can <laughs> go check. <laughs> And things do come back. I didn't explain, I just jumped right into this, and I didn't go into that aspect at all. But I have a, another whole book about that subject called Reality Shifts. And it, this totally happens all the time. Things can vanish and then come back to us.
0: Yes, I have. <laughs> This has happened to me. I could not believe it. By the way, this could have been easy and nice for me yesterday. I lost my stick that goes in the computer. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, this was about maybe um, six, seven years ago that mm, I lost a pair of sunglasses that, wow, well, it was a prescription pair of sunglasses. And I was very frustrated. I looked all over Cynthia. You wouldn't believe. And um, one day I walked to my car, and I had my keys in my hand, and I looked down, and those pair of sunglasses were on my hand with my keys on my fingers, and I thought, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I mean, wow. it, it was the strangest thing. And I thought, for years, I looked, and here all of a sudden appeared out of nowhere. I mean, I, I really realized <laughs> that things do shift in the universe. And that was quite a shift. Um so, I
1: love that story. Did you feel it or did you see them? Please? No, I
0: didn't feel it. I I just it was such a shock. It was like my elbow, I was like in another dimension. I was like, and yet they were real. I was able to take it off my hand and wear them, but I I didn't. I just you know I picked up the the keys out of my out of my purse and I uh, started to open the door and I saw. You know, in in the same hand, and you know, in one of the earpieces inserted into my hand, uh, right where in between my fingers, and I'm going, "You gotta be kidding!" I, wow. I just I stood there and I was in such shock and such happiness at the same time, going, "Oh, wow!" <laughs> you know, knowing that things do shift around. And I had known about things shifting around at that time, but to actually see it happen, that was, you know. And they were gone for a long time. They were gone for four or five years. I I didn't have access to them. Thank you for pointing that out,
1: because I didn't, I want people to know, don't give up just because it's been a number of years. (laughs) You know, things have come back after decades. I I mean, hopefully it will never take that long, but... Sometimes people have lost heirlooms like a family, like a grandmother's wedding ring, and it is showing up like decades later on top of a washing machine. It's just out of nowhere, you know. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't need to make any sense.
0: (laughs) There it is. It's back. Yeah, I mean, I had forgotten totally about it for it to reappear, you know, so it's pretty amazing, (laughs) Oh, what can happen? And uh, that will change your reality for sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I love it. Yeah,
1: so this is something very really useful. And we've now talked about a couple of things that energy fields do that people might not have realized, that you can make decisions with them. You can find lost things with them. You can also improve your health and, and just um, help protect yourself from possible danger as well. Just there's so many things that our energy fields do. When you think about it, the energy field is that part of yourself that's not visible, but it's really the essence of who you are. It's kind of like your shadow, but it's just it's always there, night or day, you know, dark or light. It's just always there. And in my book, or Advantage, I talk at the beginning where I cover stories about uh, the amazing science and the way that we've been noticing just through time that you can measure the human energy field, not just with the aura cameras at the psychic shows, but also there's increasing evidence that our hands emit light. This is something that is just being measured and observed all the time. And in some places in Russia, um, Kirlian photographs of fingertips and handprints are being used to diagnose illness in the body because one of the fastest ways to see if a person is healthy or not just looking at the energy field. So There's just so much um, that those energy fields do for us. To, to me, it's just a, an amazing wealth of information, and it can totally enrich your life in so many wonderful ways.
0: Now, in your book, do you have um, uh, an area that says, okay, if, if you're really not feeling well, if you maybe uh, wear a particular color or something? Yes. this?
1: I do. (laughs) Thank you for asking.
0: Okay. Yes,
1: it's the last chapter in the book, and it's the idea that you can do a color assessment, and you can also do color therapy. And the idea behind this is that colors, they have the power to either soothe or excite us. And I think we all notice that this is being used in emergency colors, so if you... For example, if you're driving down the road and you see a yellow cone, that's used to get our attention. So that combination of yellow and black is one that has been proven that around the world people respond to that. And there's been a lot of research um, by the military. The U.S. Navy did a lot of color consulting to improve safety uh, just back in the 1940s. But even if you go back to ancient Greece and ancient Rome, there was color therapy in practice back then. And even long before that in Egypt, there was a great deal of color therapy going on. So this is something that has thousands of years of background to it. And more recently, medical studies are backing up the fact that color therapy definitely improves our lives. And so they've done, um, ex- they've done tests on little rodents like rats and mice to show that when you expose animals to red or pink light, they get hungry, and they grow. So obviously, if you want to lose weight, then you don't want lots of red and pink in your kitchen. You'd instead want, um, you know, some colors that would be just the opposite, more in the blue range. So I'm just going through the science just to explain that there's a lot behind this, but um, the basics of it. Let's just get to the nitty gritty. So. If you can basically, in the, in the book, I just cover some things that people often suffer from, such as apathy. So when people feel like they don't care about anything and there's no point in waking up and why bother with anything, that means you could use a lot of red because it's going to bring a sense of enthusiasm back to you. And if people are feeling depressed, which is a little different than apathy, um, then you need orange, which brings in joyful energy you're feeling confused and you just can't figure out what's going on yellow will bring that sense of clarity you'll get a clearer way of thinking if you're feeling unbalanced green is very healing and the key to balance is um, just getting yourself back together so that you're doing things that are good for you on the whole if you're feeling rushed like you don't have time to do what you need to do then you need the color blue It's going to bring a sense of just things coming together effortlessly and a sense of calmness with it as well. If you're feeling social pressure, then you need indigo. It reminds you that you are just perfect the way you are, that beautiful individual that you are. If you're feeling inferior, then you need violet. That brings a sense of respect and inspiration to you. So that's just a real fast run-through. But there's, um, this whole chapter is full of ideas, everything from just wearing um, colors in, in your eyewear. You can actually put on rose-colored glasses or whatever color you need. You can change the color in your decoration or in your house or your office. It covers feng shui. And even the food that you eat, you can choose colors that can have a very powerful effect for you. So. And then I get into gemstones, which is a fun way to get into color therapy. I think most of us love working with gemstones because um, it's just a, it's just marvelous. If <laughs> you so like jewelry at all, then gems are a great way to work with the color and the energy at the same time.
0: Hmm, my goodness. Um, just, you know, we tell people a couple times, where can you go to get pick up your book, The Aura Advantage?
1: Right. Well, I sell autographed copies through my website, which is realityshifters.com. You can also purchase these books, um, the Aura Advantage book, either at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And it's also available through iTunes if you just want to read this on, you know, one of those little um, book reading devices. You can get it through the Kindle too for Amazon.
0: Mm, Good. All right. So, um, are there any particular stories you want to share that you? Yeah.
1: Well, I love stories about energy fields because it's this is the kind of thing. Um, once you start seeing energy, it opens your world up in in this fresh new way. And so, hopefully, if people get the book and they practice looking at energy fields and they practice seeing their energy, and it it, does, it just takes a couple minutes, you can start seeing colors pretty fast. Okay. As soon as you start doing that, um there have been some amazing stories about energy fields there's one of the stories I tell in the book has to do with a friend of um Edgar Casey, and this woman was going shopping in a department store when she was um she was pushed a button for the elevator now, this is a long time ago back when Edgar Casey was alive, so I'm just reassuring people hopefully these sorts of things wouldn't happen nowadays. But the um, she pushed the elevator button, the elevator came, went ding, and she uh, she looked in the elevator. And here's the interesting thing. When she looked in the elevator, she saw people standing there, but they didn't have any auras. Okay, and you may wonder, well, why does that stand out? Like I said, once you start seeing energy fields, you'll notice that people with a lot of charisma have big energy fields. People that are feeling a little shy have smaller ones. And People that are sick have reddish ones, and so on and so forth. Anyway, she's looking in the elevator, and there's just like no energy there. <laughs> and it seemed like this sweat, these red sweaters she's looking at, have more energy. So she didn't, she didn't move toward the elevator at all. Good thing she didn't, because, and I said this happened a long time ago. That elevator, when the door is closed, it just crashed. The, the cable broke, and people inside it died. And this, this often does happen where you can. Sometimes before animals or people died, their energy field is gone. So you might notice when people are very ill, you can tell it with the energy field before, before they even get really ill. That's why it's so important to keep working with that energy field because you can bolster your strengths and you can save your life too, like not getting into an elevator where nobody's got energy fields. Something's wrong there. I mean, you can just look at it. I guess if she'd had more presence of mind, she might have asked everyone to get out of the elevator. <laughs> Everybody, <get> yeah, <laughs> quick! <laughs> Something's wrong. Yeah.
0: What about when you are um, you go to parties and things like that, or or you go to an event? Um, you told about this in your book, and I just loved it because you, you know sometimes you go and you. You just kind of place yourself in certain areas, and you wonder why. And so would you kind of share that?
1: Right. Um, I don't remember what I wrote in the book, so it's like, hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But when I enter a room, I can feel the energy of um, not just the people, but the room itself, of course. So often I will feel an attraction to a certain area. I'll often feel attracted to people that have energy fields similar to my own, And so if I'm feeling like I don't feel like talking that night, because I have moods, and I can go from being more on the introverted side to more on the extroverted. And if I'm in that introverted mood, I'll tend to stand with people that are also a little bit on that introverted side that are more interested in the deeper conversations about spirituality and metaphysics. I love talking about that anyway. But I can feel who those people are instantly just based on the energy. And if I'm looking at the colors, I can see the colors of that, and then if I'm feeling much more gregarious um it is sort of a mood thing, you know 'cause like I said with myself, I might be in a variety of different moods. If I'm feeling really um gregarious and outgoing, then I might gravitate more toward people who are similarly inclined to be you know having an animated discussion, for example. Yeah. But I don't remember maybe you could remind me what it said in the book.
0: Um, I, I think it was it had to do with a party. And um, when you would walk up to some people, how they might back up a little. Oh, and yes. <laughs> that's
1: interesting. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I thought, oh, that's it is. Because sometimes you kind of feel that when you are in an area and then you feel, oh, that person's too close. I want to talk to them. But you kind of back up. Right. Oh,
1: brilliant. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, what's happening there? It's a little like bumper cars. So even if you don't feel your energy field and their energy field, those little bumper car boundaries are bumping into each other. And sometimes um, people want to respect that space. They want to, especially if you've got a really different energy field, they want to remember and think about what they're thinking about. So they naturally respond by stepping back. Now, in some cultures in the world there's a lot more expectation that you get right into people's faces. And so in those, that, that's, a very, that's a different thing. And in those cases, in those cultures, people become familiar with how to keep their energy intact so they don't lose their train of thought when someone steps right into their space. But here in America, the United States of America, we do tend to back up when someone with a very powerful energy field steps into our, they get right in our space, you know, we even say that. You're, they're in our space. And if people wonder what that is, usually it's about one arm length out. So if you just move your arms around your body in a nice circumference circumferential circle, <clears throat> that's usually where a healthy energy field extends, right about three feet out in that neighborhood. And so if someone steps right into that, um, part of the discomfort comes from feeling like, whoa, you know, I'm losing my train of thought here. So you naturally take a step back and get that re- renewed sense again of, oh, here's what I was thinking about.
0: Yeah, and then also you notice sometimes people, some people are more loud than others, you know, and so it's like it, it's like it, <laughs> it it invades your body, you know. Right yeah it's just so it's pretty interesting just paying attention and realizing that that's all part of it i I think that that's pretty i mean there's so much more than just color and um and what's really happening um being being conscious of your of your thought process and of your of your body itself. You know, you just don't think about it. You you realize what it feels like at the moment. You just might move around, but you don't think about what's going on on the other many layers. It's, I it, it, that's really tremendous. I think it's really something to, that we we never think about this. And even with our animals, can you imagine the animals are um um are seeing? They probably can see this all the time, right?
1: Yeah, they can. And often animals pick up on illnesses in people. Like they'll notice if their owner has cancer, for example, or something like that. And they can feel um, if they're with a child who is autistic, like that video that kind of went viral on YouTube, you know, with the dog is just really responding to the little boy that obviously, <clears throat> you know, has. Um, I don't know what exactly he has. He might be autistic or he might just be have a mental retardation. But whatever it is, animals can really understand that. They have an innate knowingness of it, and it's amazing. I, this, I wanted to also mention when you were talking about just the power of this energy and what it can do, one thing I, I didn't quite cover in the color therapy that's so important is we can bring energies into ourselves. Just like you're imagining and you're breathing in, In the meditation for finding lost things, we were imagining breathing in golden white light. You can also breathe in the color pink, for example, if you'd like to regenerate and rejuvenate your health. There are people that do this to look younger as they get older. Um, People that do this to restore um, their fighter T-cells and their stem cells in their body and it's almost like a fountain of youth. And I do have a meditation in the book about that as well. So This book is full of meditations, and that's where the power lies, is when you can start doing some focused, intense work with your energy field, knowing that it's completely transforming you from the inside out.
0: Wow, I can hardly believe you said that. Um, Yesterday I started working with um, the rose quartz um, in my mind as as a crystal, and, um, and I saw it spinning inside my body that color of pink, and I went, and you're telling me now, I'm thinking, wow, and I felt so good, Cynthia. it was, it was really great, I could just see it spiral, and then I saw the rose quartz crystal kind of break in half, and one spinned one way, one was spinning the other, and then um, at the end, I saw it go back together, and just, you know, spin clockwise, and I thought, that was interesting, that that it just kind of popped into my thinking process, and I did it, you know, but it felt very good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> I love synchronicity
0: like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably
1: not something you do a lot, but there you are doing this right before we talk about it.
0: Yeah, it, was, it started yesterday, and I thought, Oh, that was really strange, but I, and not only that, but I was also playing with it and bringing it into other people's aspects, and I just felt as though it would make them feel better. That was really funny, I just, you know, working.
1: Rose Quartz in particular is very powerful for healing relationships. I keep a big chunk of it in the living room of my house, and I I started doing that when my children were adolescents, and my two girls would sometimes have arguments, and you know, it, this happens with siblings. But as soon as I put that rose quartz in the living room, it completely changed the energy. There were no more disagreements, no more fights and arguments. And mm-hmm. so, it's another powerful thing you can do. But even if you don't have that rose quartz, you can, like you, like you're talking about, you can work with this through meditation and bring it to the relationships in your life.
0: Yeah, I think
1: extraordinary healing
0: energy. Maybe we had to have a make-believe uh, bookshelf, and it has all of these crystals lined up. And when you need one, you just imagine you go for it and pull it in. <laughs> 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 uh, you know what? Um, before I, I want to know, um, are you playing with another book, writing to write another book?
1: I am. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited because I've got a new book that should be coming out. In the next month or two. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's called Quantum Jumps, an Extraordinary Science of Happiness and Prosperity. And when I say science, I don't mean to scare people off, but the way I like to share science is in the practical side to show that just in a moment you can totally transform your life. And so that book is going to be full of really quick, easy, fast, proven, scientifically proven exercises to give you a quantum jumping start in your life. And when I say quantum jumping, I do mean in the same sense that we've been talking about it through this whole interview today, you can absolutely change reality. Just like those glasses showing up on your hand years after you lost them. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spontaneous remission of disease. I'm talking about instantly having money that you didn't have before. Um, that is exactly what I'm talking about. And I've got the science of it in this book, and I am so excited about it. So I think people are going to love it. I've got a Facebook page for it already. So if you go on Facebook and type in Quantum Jumps, just like that page, and you'll be updated as the book moves forward and comes out in print and e-book
0: form. Great. Okay, so can you? They... Do they? Um, I'm sorry. They go to what website again to see this? Well,
1: the fastest way to stay current with this book would be if people use Facebook. Then they can just um, find it on Facebook. It's called Quantum Jumps. You'll see the artwork. For, it'll be um, what you're looking at is a picture of someone jumping from one universe of possibility into another. So you see a person jumping into a world. You'll know it when you see the picture. That's the right page. And it says it's for the book, Quantum Jumps. And you'll see information. I've got videos on that page, which I've done on YouTube. And as the book comes out, I'll be announcing it and sharing all kinds of exercises and ideas from the book on that Facebook page. And, of course, you can also stay up to date if you subscribe to my newsletter through the realityshifters.com website, okay. which is for everybody. whether Because some people don't use Facebook. so.
0: Right, they don't. <laughs> Not everybody does. But uh okay, and your name is Cynthia Sue Larson. And that's C Y N T H I A Sue S U E Larson L A R S O N. Oh my goodness. So, um, is there anything else that that um you'd like to um go to that we haven't talked about uh, there was so much in your book I didn't get a chance to go after all of it, so. Um,
1: well, we could show people how to see their aura if they've. Got oh yeah, let's do moment. that. It just takes like two minutes. Okay. It's really quick, so if people are listening and you've got either a mostly white or in sort of an off-white background, this could either be a wall if you're fortunate enough to have a plain white or off-white wall, or if you don't have that, find a piece of paper. Or you could open a book or something, and basically you just want that kind of a white background. So get that ready. When you're all set, then you're just going to hold your hand out in front of that white page or that um, white wall. And the idea here is, ideally, your hand would be about arm's length out away from you. You're going to spread the fingers so that there's a a gap between uh, every two fingers. And then you're going to focus your eyes on an imaginary point right between two of the fingers. And what we're doing is um, you're bringing your focus of attention to a place so that you can just relax your eyes and just fix your gaze right between the fingers. Okay, so that's what we're going to be doing. Now let's just take a break from that for just a moment and massage your forehead. Just take one of your hands and very gently... Massage your forehead in a circular motion. We talked earlier about the third eye chakra. This is the one that um, you actually do have a little eye back there. It's like the pineal gland. Very much has liquid in it. Very much has the same kind of cells that your eyes have, and it has the ability to help you see things. You know, see the true nature of reality. Okay, so you've done a little nice massage there. You can even massage around your eyes with your eyes closed doing a nice facial massage. What you're doing is you want to relax your eyes. A lot of people carry tension in their foreheads. We're going to release that right now. Just release that tension. And just a moment. This is your time to just feel good. So just give yourself that little forehead and eye massage. Perfect. Okay, now, hold your hand back out at arm's length again. Now this is now it's for the, the real thing here. Focus your your gaze right between two fingers. Well, if you just relax and you're doing this naturally, you'll start seeing a glow around your fingers. I'm seeing just a yellowish-white glow around my fingers right now. Yeah, me too. And as as I just keep staring, it grows. It kind of expands. And then if if, if it looks amazing, sometimes my eyes look at it, and if that happens, then you'll be like, oh, gosh, I have to start over. (laughs) That's okay. It it just means you got excited and your vision just sort of jumped. Because you can't really focus on the aura. That's the thing. You need to look in between. And notice the color you're seeing. Notice if it looks like a little fog or if it looks like like waves of heat. People see this different ways, and there is no wrong answer. So you are developing your ability now to see the energy field. and It just took two minutes, really. There we are.
0: Wow, that's really great. Cynthia, you know, every time we are with you, we gain so much more insight into who we are Who, who, our pets are. Who, who, what plants we have around us. And you know what? I see auric fields around our plants too. And I just, I get so excited when that happens. I'm telling you, Um, everything is alive.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I love that too. Everything has consciousness. Everything's connected. And I've got energy viewing exercises for plants in the book too. Because that they're so great to look at because they don't jump around. You know, if you're <laughs> trying to look at your pet or your child, you know, good luck. Because they're just on the go all the time. <laughs> Unless you're lucky and they're sleeping and then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. The nice thing about a plant is it stays put so you can you can just t- look at the energy around it.
0: Yeah, you you really can. So, um, well, we're going to have you back soon. I, You know what, this this was so wonderful. You just said yes when I called you a couple days ago, and it it was so nice. So um, have a wonderful day. Thank you for making our day terrific and being able to go see things that we never even thought we'd see. Thank you. And Blessings to you, and um, just um, have a great day. Thank you so much. Well, my goodness, that was a lot of fun. Don't forget, you're listening to 91.5 FM, KKUP Cupertino. Embracing Mother Earth is the name of our program.